Hi! Long time no see. It's been, what, two weeks? Two weeks, but it, as we just said, it's been a lifetime. It feels like it. I mean, it's kind of wacky. It's been, you know, six months. Well, How much could it be in God years or Buddha years, whatever you want to call it, you know, dog years? Like, oh, yeah. It's been two weeks. It's probably years. Right. Well, we have had that conversation with people on the flip side to ask them, what does it feel like? I mean, we asked Prince that question because <laughs> we met him once okay. and then he came back about two months later and I asked him, so what's it feel like? It, for you, two months. Then he said, a comma. Ah, uh, yeah. Sentence, comma, continuing. So wow. our class probably feels that way. Like this is an endless class they're trying to get out of. <laughs> yep. I always, I mean, I always, you know, I always ask him to be here. Someday they might just say, nope. Yeah, that's what I figured. I mean, I last night I didn't have anybody, you know, in mind. I kind of put my mind to Luana in the class, and it was like, don't worry about it. We've got it covered over here. You just do your job. Show up, push record. Well, I did have something interesting last night because um, I got invited to read about, I would say, 12 women in this big space where they're like, family groups or girlfriend, I call them COVID girlfriends. And I had so much fun. It was so much fun being out again, you know, being able to do that. Yeah. And um, everybody took the precautions and got their feet, you know, but it was, it was so great. But I, my point is I always ask the class, I'm like, can you guys fill me out up there, please? <laughs> they always do. Wouldn't that be funny if they showed up in your mind's eye, you know, with masks on? And, you know, whatever. That is funny. It's, it's very unusual. I must say, we've had, you know, we get comments from people on our blog or our podcast saying, where have you guys been? Or somebody, somebody asked a question about process. And so as we start today, and I only have you for a certain amount of time, let's talk a little bit about process because somebody was asking, you know, they haven't read the books, but like, how could Jennifer speak to somebody who's communicating in a different language, somebody who was born in a different country? Okay. In the odd case where I interviewed in Italian, I interviewed you in Italian, you don't speak Italian, but yet the person on the flip side knew the answers and gave them to you. That's in Backstage Pass, but go ahead. You were going to say. So there, it, the language is universal. I, I never have to know the language. I have clients that bring in their families, you know, their first generation from Asia, you know, and I don't, they, I have translators for me. They translate for their parents. I never need to know. And it all, it's, and the reason why is because it's, they give me, they don't talk like this, first of all. So it's not something that startles me or anything. They project their thoughts and their thoughts, there's universal thoughts. It might be in a different language, but there's universal thoughts for, you know, if they show me a boat, I'm going to, even though I don't know what the boat is in Japanese, I know it's a boat. Like, so there's certain things that, I mean, it's just like that. There's just one universal language, really. And for example, I asked somebody on the flip side, somebody who spoke Italian in life and English, and I asked him in Italian, what is it you miss about Italy, for example, being on the planet or something about, you know, this mutual language that we spoke? And you replied, I'm seeing a red Ferrari. Now, I didn't tell you who I was going to interview, or I didn't you didn't know that that was what the question meant because it was an Italian, cosa, cosa manca di Italia. And, huh. and it's the image, the image of a red Ferrari appears in your head. That's a form of communication. Right. You know, we tend to think about this part. Bar, bar, bar. I had a, I have a deaf friend who taught me a little bit of sign language. I know sign language. My, 
my son knows sign language very well. Oh, so yeah. he taught me that Rich Martini. <laughs> <laughs> he'd see me, he'd say that, you know, he'd say H-I, Rich Martini. But awesome. that's another form of communication. I don't need words. I have, I, the images are translatable. Mm -hmm. In your case, you get senses, smells, images. Feelings. Feelings. I'm like, ooh, I'm like, something's going on, you know. And it is interpretation. And that's, that's you know, it, it's interpretation. You just, you got to, you know, a lot of times people think it's the right interpretation. For instance, I'm just, this is just being brought up. Like when you feel something underlying scary with somebody, or this is what happened, like with cases that I've done. I know better better than to like take that as he's dead or she's dead or this is something that you know because depression, depression, as well as somebody that might have committed suicide or just left chose to leave at this time. Um, we don't. I don't like using that word because nobody left the stage early. Right, left the stage early. Um, they it's when you get those feelings, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that they're feeling it necessarily. It's, it could be the people in front of you that are feeling it. So you know what I mean? The image that you're getting of fear or angst or the person in front of me. Yeah. And we've had that. We've had that where we, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to somebody and actually it was a dog and he was referring to his death and right. You had an image that kept coming up of him swimming out in the ocean alone, getting a piece of driftwood, trying to survive. As it turned out, after accessing it, you said, no, no, this is the nightmare that his owner had consistently. And now he's showing me that when he fell off the boat, he hit his head and passed away immediately. But the image that you reported was something that was filled with fear, filled with anger. Right, you really, and that just, you guys, that takes a lot of practice to know what's yours, what's not yours. You, you can have so many different feelings and like you can pick up somebody that actually has fear about you and then tag it to your own fear. If you're not, if you don't, you know, how many times have you been with friends and you get anxious and it's not yours, it could be theirs or it could be your kids. It's a practice to know what is your stuff. Mm -hmm. A daily practice, an hourly practice, because you can pick up on the pulse of the planet and go crazy. <laughs> Especially now. It's also this idea of picking up on the pulse, just to use your fraternal phrase, frequency. And Absolutely. science mind thinks about, and musical mind, I think about the frequencies of objects, of things, everything has a tone. Tesla discovered the earth had an actual frequency that he could counteract it and cause earthquakes. This happened. But the idea, everything, every object has a frequency that's, you can listen to it. But so people on the flip side, let's say somebody who was here is no longer here has come back to communicate with us, doing their best to tap into the Ingram that is the sound of their voice or the visual image or whatever it is that they want you to hear. I'm okay. And how do they say that? This morning, I got an email from a guy. Hey, let's just, let's just see if we can access this. Some guy said, I know this is going to sound weird, Ben Quora. Guy writes to me today and says, I'm a scientist. You know, I, I was really depressed. I used to be religious. Now I'm a scientist and now I'm trying to find some balance. He said, but this phrase came into my mind, onion soup. Oh, okay. Get it out of my mind, onion soup, onion soup. And it was related to you, me, Richard. I had to write to you and say, onion soup. And I thought, I wrote him back, that's funny, I'm eating onion soup. I, I wasn't, I, you know, then told him I wasn't. It was peeling back the onion. Yeah. Oh, is that what that means? That's my first hit. 
Okay, this is process. Yes. You said a nondescript phrase to mm -hmm. Jennifer. She gave us her first impression. Could be a misinterpretation, possibly. But when you're talking to an aerialist, somebody who knows how to do flips in space and time, you know they're likely going to give you the the obvious or the correct answer. So, onion soup. What's the soup part? Onions peeling. The part is allowing other things to coexist with what you know. Allowing other things to coexist with what you know. So you have the onion, which is what he is. This is just interpretation again. So I'm getting he's the onion holding on so tight not to get into the soup. Guides. What? Oh, I think we're not, you are not accessing this particular guy. You're asking, what does this mean? And it's coming to you. Right. Correct. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. So the, the soup part, because if you said an onion, that's pretty obvious in my mind, right? But he said the soup part because there's going to be a lot of other things that you can't really explain, but maybe they all make up the same universe. The soup we're in. Soup of reality. Right. The vegetables of reality. The carrots. The mushrooms floating around. I know like carrots, but it's in the soup. In the soup. And the onion is the traditional vegetable that we talk about. Cabbage, another one. But the onion is the one that we talk about with layers. That's great. And I spoke to the guy. I said, I'll bet your guide is asking this question so that I can help you with it. Absolutely. How about that? Okay. <laughs> All right. Luana, I know you're in charge over there on the flip side. And for those who aren't aware who that is, Luana Anders, my friend of 20 years, passed away in 1996. She kind of uh, manages our classroom on the flip side. She's the one who holds the clipboard that has the names of the people that Jennifer has that have come that want to communicate with us or just want to sit in or put their hand up. Lou, I turn it over to you. Okay. What? Is it your dad's birthday? Or is there something about your dad and the anniversary? Wow. Last night, my dad was there talking to me. Okay, because she's bringing, your dad feels like he's here. And It just makes me have this feeling that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> My dad was really a cool guy. He's an architect. You really, he, you miss him. Oh, I can feel yeah. you really miss him. He's a great guy. Everybody miss. Everybody knew him. Misses him. Give me, your, give me your, give me your dad's first name. Charlie. Okay. Or Romeo is Italian first name. Okay. All right. I know why he's here. Okay. So let's let's unravel this string. Okay. okay. That's what we're gonna do. All right. Two or three weeks ago, I decided I would see how difficult it would be to apply for a passport. You never know. In right. Italy, right. So I went through the ancestry.com, went through all that stuff, and I've done this before, and I'm pretty much a keeper of the family tree. So I know all the buried bodies on all the secrets. But in this particular case, my dad, and let's ask him, are you here to help me ask your mother a question? Yes. yes. Okay. Now, for people watching, they're going to think I can't. It doesn't matter. People that have watched all our stuff, there's no way I've known this. We haven't talked about this. Like, it doesn't matter. Your dad showed up as the first person. I know better than to say, oh, we'll talk to you later. So it's obviously something that can be. Yeah, and we've never asked my dad to come forward. I generally don't ask personally. No. I'm trying to, try to keep this for everybody, but this is my dad. Architecture of the afterlife is about him. He's the inspiration. He was the architect of my life and a great architect in life. Tell him what he did. Tell him a couple of things that he did. Well, 
some buildings in Chicago, and he he studied. He was with uh, Hollabaird and Root, the famous architectural firm. The Baha'i Temple in Evanston, Illinois, very famous. All those windows are his. The San, the hotel in Santa Fe, all the interiors are his. Just a unique eye, and a really wonderful guy. But here's what we're here to ask, Dad. <laughs> Which is his mother, and I won't get into the whole family history, but his mother, Dionysia. Spell that. Uh, like uh, Dionysus, D-I-O-N-I-S-I-A, Dionysia. Okay. Lisa was her nickname. We all called her mama. A wonderful person. But let's the answer is yes. <laughs> so, Mama, Lisa, can you come forward? Mm-hmm. She's here. Very good. Thank you. She's lovely. Isn't she? Can you put it to your daughter who's still on the planet? Uh, hold on. Like, hold on, whatever that means. 94. She's okay. old. Said, hold on. We have your cat or something like that. There might be a joke about that. I'm not sure. Um, you're going to have a huge celebration. Um, and did she have, is she losing her mind a little bit? No. No? Her, my grandmother did though. She had. Why I'm saying that is because I felt her, she feels like she's almost up there. So it feels like she's just going back and forth. And a lot of times when I see that, it's usually because of dementia or Alzheimer's or coma. Well, allow me to say that my grandmother did. She had Alzheimer's. But my aunt, uh, Nelda, does not, and it's Claire Isabel. So I, I send her emails a lot and ask her, you know, who was this, who was that, blah, blah, blah. So, for sure. <laughs> I know, it sounds crazy. I'll tell you the time limit, but. Okay, but uh, Mama, let's ask you this. I want to ask this question, who was your father? And I'm going to give, because Jennifer is not going to get a picture of her father and know who that is. And yeah. then these are all Italian, all right? But I'm right. going to give you some names that I think are likely suspects. Okay. First, let me ask, is it okay for me to ask who your father was? Absolutely. It's about time to get it out, she says. Oh, thank you. Wow. So here are your suspects. Alex. Mm-hmm. Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Daniel. Any one of those three fellas. Hmm. Someone else. Well, they showed me Daniel Craig in my head. So. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Is he my grandfather? No, my. we're talking about my great-grandfather. No, I know. I'm just. I'll, they just showed that as a reference to me, and I'm asking if is that because you said Daniel, or is that because I'm supposed to, is that is it Daniel? Let's allow this, and I because look, this is not a contest. Daniel was considered to be her father, and when she was raised, she told everybody Daniel was her father, but Daniel died eight years before she was born. Wow. So I'm going to throw some last names at you. He died from the war. Uh, 1881? I don't think so. He was about 49. Okay. He had two kids. <laughs> and he kicked the bucket. That's probably why he died. But I'm going to throw some last names at my grandmother, which will help narrow it down. And I'll get back to that. Alex and Jimmy, the other two suspects. Suspect. So Pelly is the name. Lustardi is the name. Was it Lustardi or Zopelli? So Pelli, Lusani, and Zopelli. Lusardi, L-U-S-A-R-D-I, Lusardi, is a possibility. Alex and Jimmy were Lusardis. Okay. Daniel. Somebody else is named Zopelli, 
And I think it was her mom, but I don't know if her father was named Zopelli. Some guy named Zopelli snuck into the house one night. I don't know. It was when somebody was, was your grandfather at war or was he away? So it was during a war period, my great grandfather. That's what I keep getting. I keep getting it was during a war period. I keep getting that it was, okay. And did one of them die in war? Um, I gotta clarify, because my father's family, yes, there was war in the region of Italy, Cadore, where he was from. Okay. Asking my grandmother, her father, was he in your house? So let me just tell you what I suspect. There was an 18-year-old of this family, the Lusardis, and I think he had an affair with a maid who lived in the house. And she was the product of that romance, was raised in the house, came to the United States, and eventually was adopted, quote unquote, by this family. So she was raised as a party. But you see, I think her mother might have been, or father, might have been Zopelli. The father feels different. I don't know, I keep seeing Alex. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Mama, I don't want to berate you with this. Is Alex your real father? Even though you treated him like a brother, you referred to him as a brother, you thought of him as a brother. Is that correct? It's definitely connected to Alex. It's definitely connected to Alex, but I'm just not sure. Okay. Well, we won't, I don't belabor the point, but she arrived on a boat in Ellis Island as a Zopelli, which I think was the name of her maid mother. She then went to live with Alex Lusardi, who was 18 years older than her, and was listed on the census as a Zopelli, but as a servant, perhaps legal reasons, in her home, in his home, up until the 1910 census, when she became, she went back to Italy, she was still the Zopelli in 1910, 1912, she went back to Italy, came back two years later, and now her name has changed to Lusardi. How'd you do that? How'd you change your name? I feel like she found out. She found out. Okay. Was that distressful? No. It was exciting, she says. Can I just say you're one of the rare people I've ever met in my life who was purely full of joy at all times. Feels like that, and that's what she's saying. She goes, "No, it was amazing. I got an extended family. I didn't even know." Very good. And those Lusardis, and there were a lot of them in Pennsylvania, raised you as their sister, which you were. You see. So, in my search, if I can prove that my great grandfather was Alex Lusardi, I'm an Italian. I'm pretty sure you are. <laughs> Well, can I submit this to the passport office? Oh, why not? Of course, they take that. They'll Listen, and my father, let's go back to my dad for a second. And because this is good for anybody, anybody tuning in and watching this, your father's on the flip side. You want to talk to him. You want to tell him something. Let's go back to my father, who's very wise in this arena and spoke to me. He's spoken to me a number of times. I've written about him. How do you do that, Dad? How do you communicate with your son or other people on this side? How does your dad speak to us? Yes. Or, okay. or anybody's father. Just give us an example. He says it, architect, he just showed me architecture. He's just like, I build things. He goes, I build up, thank you, that's brilliant. He goes, I build up a conversation. So how would you do that? He drags, he drags pictures from your head or from the Akashic records. And then he builds up a story. And he then, he says, your mom's better with feelings. She was a pianist. 
better with those frequencies. Yeah. Um, but he's like, I get my point across because you're good with images. When he spoke to me the day after he passed, he gave me a long list of things to tell my family and to tell my brothers. And he gave me six names of people I've never heard of. And I wrote them down and I presented them to my mother the next day. And I said, mom, who are these people? And she said, oh, those are our friends who died in World War II. Names I had never heard before, but that he knew she would know. But at the end of our conversation, I said, why are you telling me? I mean, I've got three brothers that you could talk to. And he said, because you can hear me. Which doesn't make me a medium, but it does make me at that point asleep, bypassing filters, hearing my dad's voice, hearing information. Anybody can do it. If I could do it, Anyone can. I've told everybody that, that anybody can do it. Or you need Jennifer. <laughs> you might not want to read 12 people like I did last night, but you can just see who comes in. Who's coming in? Oh, it's Frank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad, you're always welcome and you're always with me. I know you are. He's also impressed with your son and your daughter. He loves what she's done. That's great. I was writing about I was writing about an incident today, Exxon Quora, when my daughter- About how I called it, how she's gonna be an actress, and you said no. <laughs> but I was just writing about this. When she was three, she came running into the living room and said, grandpa's in the kitchen. And I went, why? And she said, he came to see the baby. Her brother was one. And does he have anything he wants to tell us? And she listened and said, he says, I love you very much. Oh, I have the chills. And then, no. he, but you guys need a bigger house. Filled <laughs> 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 with toys and stuff, which is of course a perfect thing for an architect to say. Right. I knew it was him. She knew it was him. No one else is gonna believe it's him. Care, but it's so great once you start living this way or living like when you start living this way you get out of the semantics of being a solid piece like like an in like you get you get more immersed into the universe and so and you start relying on it more which is a good thing. And it really teaches you how to trust yourself, really, and trust the universe. And it's just a better, it's just a better way to live. And you feel better. So once you're like, it, it's it, because you go into that meditative state where you go out of your body, you're not necessarily, you're grounded, but yet you're not necessarily, your mind isn't here. You can access so much more that we don't even understand or even know. That was beautifully said. I mean, I ask questions all day long to my guidance. Thank God they put up with me. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna know, like you asked that last week. Stop asking that. Yeah, and I'll try to ask it a different way. Doesn't work. Like, well, oh. It's like me and lottery numbers. Come on guys, just play them out. I won't tell anybody that I got it from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lou. Back to the clipboard. Thanks, Dad. You're always welcome to pop in, say anything. And Grandma, Dionysia, Zupelli Lusadi Martini. What a wonderful woman. Boy, she's making me hungry for like pasta. I know that's such a cliche to say. But can I tell you, not every Italian can cook. Right. Good. And he, I know I'm smelling the bread, I'm smelling the pasta, I'm like smelling everything. And I think her rigatoni was like another favorite of her. Like, there's just. She made a marinara that I, I can't recreate, recreate, but my Aunt Elma, Nelda's sister, had it down. And so whenever I went to her house, it was like a flashback, you know, and so sometimes. Tomatoes, everything. You know, sometimes you're in an Italian restaurant and you take a bite and you're like, this is home. I'm home. Aww. I 
you can help me anytime you you know when i'm trying to cook something i think of her actually every time i have a soft-boiled egg the way that she put those together for me as a little kid who was ignored by his angry older brothers <laughs> i always think of her oh you know whatever i've when I talk about unconditional love, and I do often, you know, because it's in the research, I always think of her. I was this little annoying five-year-old, six-year-old, probably ignored by the rest of the noisy brothers, but not with her. Just no. that unconditional love. You know, she would say, you have nice teeth. Don't play football. <laughs> Keep your teeth. Oh. <laughs> bless her heart. Um, Very so sweet. Luana, bless your heart. Yeah. Who's on the list? Fred. Fred. What, are you seeing your husband? No, they're just saying Fred. And I know he's not texting me or calling me, I'm sure. Are you, uh, Luana, are you talking about your Fred? Did you talk to somebody a couple of weeks ago about Fred? Possibly, but yes. What am I saying? Of course, Fred just produced Sofia Coppola's new movie. There was a wonderful review on the BBC and I sent it to him and he came back and said, thank you very much. This is pretty much what everyone is saying about our movie. I think it's called Out of Time, something like that. Bill Murphy stars in it. Fred produced it. Fred produced it. What do you want to say to Fred, Lou? Old friend of Luana's. I know. He needs to get out. He's still, like, he still questions everything, doesn't he? <laughs> well, he's like, he needs to get out of his head. He doesn't believe in anything. But now he's getting scared. There's something that made him scared or nervous. Okay. That could be about the pandemic. Because I did tell him I went out to dinner um, at the Grove with my family. And it was great, you know, socially distanced at a table. A lot of light, a lot of air. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, really? You went outside to a restaurant? What's the matter with you? Wow. It could be related. Is that what it's related to, Lou? Okay. Do you want me to call him and tell him what? Go out. He's suffocating where he's at. Okay. I'll email it to him. He didn't want to hear me. What he'll do is they'll, okay, thank you. It's going to create a place for a conversation. Oh, okay. Actually, Luana. I mean, think of it, if you think about it, COVID, if you're afraid of dying, you're that afraid of dying, there's got to be more to it as well. And I'm not saying to be irresponsible. Please don't change what I'm saying, but. What you're saying, which is be smart, be sensible, mask up. But go out. The sunlight helps. Fresh air helps. Oh, I was at the, I mean, being at the beach just yesterday. I mean, it's gorgeous out. We're in like 80s or 90s right now. We are. It's, um, it's October 1st and we are. All right, Luana, let yeah. me ask you this. There is a project that you wrote that Fred has. Is that the one with Jack Nicholson in it? That Jack Nicholson is in. That's correct. That's what she showed me. Okay. That Fred gave to a young female director who also had been an actress to see if she's interested in making this film. I just saw Scarlett Johansson again. I know we've talked about this dealing with somebody else, with Amelia. Yeah. But I find it interesting that she's Scarlett Johansson pops into my head. Okay. Well. Scarlett, let's ask that question in a second. A question for Luana about Fred. Is that going to have a positive outcome, do you think? Or are we in the ballpark? Or Yeah, it does feel like that. Okay. I don't think it needs to go through one more, like, section or one more, one more of something. There is someone in our class, in our group, that we've interviewed. Exit. What? Howard? Yes. Last okay. Howard. What? Last name. Not Howard Schultz. Rand Howard. 
Oh, okay. You said Howard. It's I said Howard. This is what I got. I don't know. Name of the individual that Fred has sent this screenplay to. Oh, stop it. Name is Howard. Correct. So Howard Schultz popped in your head to give you the name Howard. Fred Roos, who- Well, it's interesting. I got Ron Howard, but- His dog. I, but I saw Ron Howard, but like, he's not dead, because I forgot what we were talking about. Okay. You nailed it. Yes. I don't know how, but Luana is referring to her screenplay. She wrote about Jack Nicholson and her, an acting class, and Fred Roos, Oscar awarding producer, right. who just finished the Coppola film, Sophia Coppola film, with Bill Murray, has delivered Luana's screenplay to Bryce Howard, Ron's daughter, who is an actress, a very talented director. So, uh, listen, however that works out, God willing, inshallah. But let's just allow, you just, this very unusual. She loves the story. She's gonna love it. She loves this. If she hasn't seen it yet, I feel her loving the story, trying to figure things out. Great. Like almost like who would play it's a Luana. It's like a new Brat Pack show. Yeah, like, but it's it's giving yourself to acting. That's what the movie's about. Giving uh, yourself to the world. That's so, why I saw Scarlett Johansson, because of the movie that she made, How to Deal with Acting. Remember the movie that she was up for an Academy Award? Yeah, I believe? Sure, yeah. For her and... Um, uh, Adam Driver. Thank you. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I met, I went to the screen, I mean, I went to the screening and I met Adam and I shook his hand and I was like, God, he's such a great actor and he's got a big hand. And he never, he usually, well, he never watches himself. So that was interesting. I heard, yeah. So me, I was trying not to be too effusive in my compliments because he doesn't know what I'm talking about. But I did say something, I mean, I looked him in the eye and I said, you're going to change people on the planet and they're going to thank you for that. Which is true. When you're an actor and you heal someone, you're changing their lives. And Luana, really, without hyperbole, dedicated her life. I mean, she was a Buddhist and she dedicated her career to healing other people. That's why she did it. She, not only she said it on the flip side, she said it while she was still on the planet. That was her mission to adapt herself into a human so that people could heal when they saw somebody playing out the stress or the emotions of their lifetime. I mean, I've never heard any actor talk about it in that way, but she used to. That's interesting. That's so interesting to, okay, all the references that come in with our conversations. They're accurate. I just, like, eh, what? <laughs> Well, I, I haven't been transcribing our conversations and maybe I should, you know, for a book in the future. I don't know. But let's go to Scarlett for a second. Let's go to Amelia, Amelia, Amelia Earhart, who we've talked to many times, mm -hmm. who has insisted that this one particular actress, who I must say, in the five years that we've been talking about this, has we're going into looking more and more like her. I know that sounds ridiculous, but what can I say? Other than when I saw that movie with Adam Driver, I went, oh, did Amelia see this before we did? Didn't we call it though years ago that Scarlett Johansson was going, I said she's gonna play. Well, Amelia. we don't know if this will ever happen, but you have said from the get-go, Scarlett, Amelia Earhart wants Scarlett to play her. I laughed. I was like, she's about this tall. What's, you know, you were, I, my brain went the wrong way, but. Shocker. Trust me, if Scarlett wants to play Amelia, it'll happen. So somebody is reading the miniseries of Amelia's story. So let's ask about that. Listen, Film producers, you want to know what your next project should be? Hey, I read this the other day that I heard this from the former head of Paramount mm -hmm. and he said that the 
head of the studio had a medium or a psychic who used on the payroll who used to help him decide what movies to back. How about that? Anyway. I have a lot of people in that in the industry. See, why not? Get it's an edge. Right. It also calms them down too. Emilio, any thoughts? There's an awful and I don't want to say this, but it's true. There's an awful documentary on Netflix that they made in 2017. I had never seen it before. Scanning around pandemic wise, I ran across it. It was just relentlessly boring. And I thought, well, no wonder nobody wants to tell the story. If they're going to do it this way, I'm out. What's, what's your opinion, Amelia, about anything? There's no better time than now for women to help like to empower women and i think this is a great story and she is a great story through all time you know true and no better time all of the parts of her being shown there's not a better time than now very good and for people who aren't aware what we're talking about I've been working on Amelia's story for 30 years and learned so much about her as a human, not just about where and what happened to her, which I've learned, and what Jennifer has helped me to learn, but also who she was, right. representing a person who was forced to hide her secrets her entire life. Wow. And a film or a miniseries can help a person access those secrets to reveal them because what happens when the truth comes out set them free set you free and it helps others us it's written on the wall of the cia where i've been you walk into cia you know and up on the wall carved big letters the truth shall set you free okay. I was just shown, oh, that's so weird that you said that because I was just shown um, something about the government. I don't know what that, anyway, I, because oh. of the president, we've talked to the but that too, but I think because we've talked to several people in the past that said, you know, we still want our stories to be told and get out the right way. Yes. You know? Which is, because somebody asked us, why would John Lewis? Representative Lewis, come forward and tell you guys to tell people to vote. Why would he care? And it was the same goofy question I had for Robert Kennedy when he came forward and talked to us. And I said, well, what happened to you was 40, 50 years ago. How does that, and I'm wrong. They need to have their truth shown. They like to have their truth shown because it affects them and right. Us. Right. So. And it affects their lives congruently. So for all, if we have whether you believe in past lives or not, whether we have all of our past lives that are playing out all at once, it's affecting parts of their lives by the truth not being told. Yes, that's what it seems to be. And the reason we're doing this, this journey that Jennifer and I are on, as weird as it is is to help people to access their loved ones mm -hmm. or people they want to know more about or answer questions that they've always had about a person's life or about their journey right doing this kind of digging they can learn more about why they're on the planet a lot of times i get this question what cares? What's it about? Why should I care that I've had past lives? Well, what the research shows and what our talking to people on the flip side shows is that we came here for a reason. It's not that we just were tossed into the soup. Right. We're here because we either volunteered. I want to go. Me. I want to go back. All I said. I just saw a picture of you and I holding hands saying, you go first, jump. <laughs> exactly. Or I want yeah. to 
is that pasta? I want to get back in there. I mean, I know my grandmother could construct it in her mind. She can think it out, but it's not the same of sitting there at the table, looking at her face, twirling the thing, eating and saying, this is Nirvana. <laughs> this is where, this is why I'm on the planet. I think I might've said that a hundred times every time I sat at her table. That's why we have a lot of good chefs. Everybody comes back and wants food. <laughs> there you go. And Anthony Bourdain, thank you very much. But that's why Jennifer and I do this and open ourselves up to ridicule more me than her because, you know, she's really good at what she does and I'm fumbling in the dark. But that being said, <laughs> so you taught me so much and anybody that's heard you like I love it when I get clients from our podcast I love it because I know that they're open-minded you know they're my favorite kind of clients and they know that they can bug you with questions well they don't bug me because they're afraid to interrupt me because of you <laughs> so they're like I don't want to talk and ruin your I know that <laughs> well even the debate they had the other day, it should have a mic off. You know, when you're not talking, mic should go up. But Are they okay, we won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. We avoid that topic, as you can see. But um, how much do I have you for? Probably not a, not very much. Um, five more minutes. Oh, great. Okay, Lou, I'm going to go back to you. A lot of things happen in five minutes. Anything yeah. else we need to discuss or talk about? So what I'm feeling is brace yourself for change. Um, it's inevitable. Don't be surprised when it happens. <laughs> they just showed me like a little boat, like a little tug, like a little boat in the water. Okay. Yeah. And they showed me being like being in the front of that little boat. You just, you don't know what the dust, like forget about the destination. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're gonna have storms, you're gonna have sunny days. Just just hold on to the boat. <laughs> like don't get off the boat. Don't leave thank you. That's what they're showing. Don't leave the planet. Don't leave the boat. Don't leave the boat. Stay on the planet. Stay here. I think we need a bigger boat. <laughs> no, I get it. And that being said, it's like she's saying, brace for impact. You know, it's what they say when the plane's crashing, but it's more, it's more profound. Brace, what'd you say? Brace for whatever's about to happen. Brace for change or anything that's going to, if you brace for change, and when they say brace, they just mean just be ready. Just like, just don't act, like don't be, we don't, nobody wants to be, well, I love surprises because nobody can surprise me really. So that's a whole different story. But um, brace for change. And they just showed me just like get your armor on, but not physical armor. Just like be ready for it and go with the flow. Like you have to be on that boat. You have to go with the flow and know that no one can beat you. No one can, no one can, um, no one can get through to you unless you allow them to. And if you get in a space where you know that you're safe and if you don't feel safe, talk to somebody, go, to, you know, like we've talked about this before, like go outside, you know, mental health is a big thing right now with people not feeling safe. Mm -hmm. Everything's so just put on your metaphysical armor, whatever that looks like your shield and just know that really the universe has a plan for you. And that this is just a small little coffee stop. Like we talked about, like, what did you say? What did someone say? They said it was just a comma. Prince did. He said it was just a comma. You'll get through this. It's, you know, they're like, it's shocking that people are still shocked considering all the things that have happened this year. Right. right? Was anybody shocked? If we didn't have COVID, would you have been really shocked about the debate? You know what I mean? Good, bad, or indifferent, but. But it's also includes this idea of arming yourself, putting on your arm, put on your spiritual armor. Put your spiritual armor on that's very well set. Stay in the frickin' boat. You volunteered to be in the boat. We need you in the boat. You have to row. We need you. All yes. need you. So yes. stay in the boat. But put on your spiritual armor, whatever that means. Put on your raincoat. Put on your spiritual armor. 
do well, whatever. Could be going to church, could be going to church in your mind, could be sitting oh. down in front of a shrine, should be sitting down with your grandmother, talking to her, put that armor on. I need protection. Whatever's coming, whatever's out there, whatever this is, I need your help. Talk to your guides. Guides are your spiritual armor. Anybody can talk to a guide, ask them, help me put on the armor, put on the Kevlar that I'm gonna need for whatever the journey is gonna be. And love, love is your armor. As weird as that sounds. That's it. Love it. Across your chest, L-O-V-E, love. That's the most powerful armor you can have. Yes. Because if you love unconditionally, nothing can harm you. And it gets you out of that space from being here, but you're still tagged to being here. But you get into that space and that's out of your mind when you have love, those endorphins kick. And it's just, it can be little, start off with little things. If you think you don't have anything to love, start off with little things, you know, like being able to breathe, being able to go outside now. Right. Being able to breathe, smell, within the hair, a pet, an animal. I tell people, if you can, go to a shelter where there's an abandoned pet and walk them. You don't have to take them home. But that few minutes of you connecting with a creature that needs fresh air. Right. Given unconditional love. Yep. Once you experience love, you know love. And if you're not experiencing it, find a way to do it. I mean, Good. Go from the inside out. It's not an outside thing. It's an inside. It's an inside job, as my friend John Vieb would say. <laughs> okay. Right. I gotta go. I. That. I don't think we can. Luana, thank you for that insight. Dad, thank you for showing up and bringing your mother with you. That was beautiful. Um, most people won't get it, but I do. Jennifer, thank you for being on the planet. Okay. Okay. We love you. Yeah.